Welcome to Life Church Bath, and thank you for choosing this message. If you'd like to learn and hear more about who we are and what we get up to, please go to our website at lifechurchbath.com. Enjoy the message. Oh, it is good to be with you. I take that word seriously about it not being linear and not just coming back. Um, I take that to heart. And also, it's really good to be back as well with you. Uh, We as a family have been on a bit of a pilgrimage these past few years. uh, And it feels really good just to be putting roots down in this season. You've seen our two kids, Arthur and Olive. Uh, Arthur started school in Peasdown this week. Olive started nursery in Peasdown as well. We'll be uh, moving into Peasdown. I gather that half the church lives in Peasdown. Is that right? Yes, yes. So half of you are cheering and saying, yay, and the other half are like, yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Okay, very good. Um, Jonathan asked if I would preach this Sunday, and I, uh, I said to him, oh, great, what's the, what's the theme? What are we going on? And he said, no, just share, share your heart. Share what you feel like the Lord is speaking to you. Um, and I'm much more bent towards the teaching end, uh, and so... Man, I, I've just been all week like, Lord, what are you saying? And I just feel a lot of things. So my prayer is that I will be succinct and clear uh, this morning. And you can pray for that as well, because that will bless you. Um, I first met Jonathan uh, back in 2007 uh, in Toronto at the School of Ministry at Catch the Fire uh, Church. Uh, and we shared a room together um, Any room that I sleep in has quite a sonorous soundtrack to it. Um, It's always quite noisy in the room that I sleep in. And uh, some of my first memories of Jonathan is him gently padding over in the middle of the night and gently touching my shoulder and saying, Buddy, you're snoring. (laughs) He was always so gracious with me. I've later found out that I experienced sleep apnea, um, but at the time, it was certainly Jonathan who was experiencing it. Um, And when I finished the school in Toronto, um, I was unsure where to go, and and Jonathan said, hey, you should come to Bath. Come to Bath. It's a great place, great community. We've got a great uh, church community there. Uh, Come and be here if you don't know what to do. Um, And so I came. Um, I lived with James Horsfall. I don't know if James is here today. Are you here today, James? There he is. Hello, my friend. I lived with James for most of my time um, here. Went to Bath Spa and studied music. Yes, Bath Spa graduates, come on. Um, And I loved my time here. This was a really formative uh, time. I I think your student days are always very formative times, aren't they? But it certainly was a real formative time. I would come in the mornings to the uh, Sunday morning service and come in the evenings to what was Joshua Generation. Um, I I just loved it. At the end of my degree in 2011, I was offered um, a job to go back to the Catch the Fire Church in Toronto um, to work on staff there. And I was blessed out of this house. I was sent out of this house and prayed out of this house. Uh, And so I just think it's really neat that all these years later, um, we're here again. We spent a beautiful 
10 plus years um, in Toronto. Alice and I were overseeing the worship community um, out there. Uh, and we just, we, we adored our time. I know that uh, Toronto uh, has had a major impact on this church. And in fact, the founding pastors, John and Carol Arnott, um, are going to be here uh, next month. Uh, and so on the week, I can't remember which week it is, but the week uh, where the Bath Half is happening, um, I think there's no service in the morning, but John and Carol are going to be uh, meeting with us in the evening. Alice and I had just the most beautiful time uh, there, soaking up the values, um, learning, growing. But back in 2019, uh, the Lord spoke to us about England and a return to England. I was on a sabbatical and I was hiking in the Lake District because, you know, despite my theology, God does speak more clearly on a mountain. I, I haven't quite figured out how to reconcile it with, with my understanding of the way that God works. But I love being up, walking on a hill and listening to God. Isn't it? Do I have any other hill walkers in our midst? Oh, good. A good portion. Excellent. Uh, Alice had uh, let me go walking for a week by myself in the Lake District and I woke up the first morning at about five in the morning because I was giddy with excitement about being alone for a week, getting to just walk uh, and be with the Lord. So I got out and I'm walking along, I start stomping up this uh, hill just above Ambleside and as I'm walking up this hill, I had one of those moments that's a rare moment. It was definitely an encounter that was uh, very significant and changed the course um, of our life. And I was walking along and I just felt arrested by the Holy Spirit and out of me, yelling like a weirdo in the middle of nowhere, there was a few sheep who looked a little bit confused at me, but yelling up, give me England. And I wasn't sure whether the Lord put that deep in there or whether it was a desire that he had been growing in me over years that erupted out of me. I couldn't tell which direction it was coming from, but it certainly was a real moment. It was, like, it was a holy moment talking with the Lord. And I felt the Lord quick as a flash. Just You know when he, he says a bunch of things in a short space of time. And he said, you're coming to the UK, but it's not yet. You've got another season in Toronto, and that season's going to be a significant season, so don't miss it. And you're going to be speaking more into the culture, and who you are is going to be more important than what you do. Sounds like a good sonship message, that, doesn't it? And so I was processing that. That was the first day of my week away. I came back from my, my lovely walking week in the Lake District, and I sat with Alice, and she said, how was it? And I said, well. Funny thing happened. I feel like we're meant to move back to the UK. And my dear wife said, I have been trying for years to settle myself in Canada. And I've just got there. It's just the way, isn't it? So... We spent a lot of time praying and chewing. We, you know, we do all things together. We need to hear God together. And so we chewed over it. Uh, we had a, a whole summer in the UK. And at the end of our time in the UK, we felt like, yes, this feels like God. This feels like God. We think God is speaking. It's not yet, but it's going to come. And then we went to visit a friend's church. 
And uh, a prophetic lady that we know came up to us and she said, I've got a word um, for you. Just need to pull you aside for a second. And she said, so you're thinking about leaving Toronto? And I said, who's asking? She said, well, the, I, I don't know anything. This is just what I sense. That the Lord is calling you back to the UK, but the Lord says it's not yet. There's still a significant season to happen in Toronto. And if you come back now, he's going to send you back again because you've got unfinished work there. And she went on just to basically recite all of the things that uh, the Lord had been speaking to us. And at that moment, we thought, okay, we're, you know, it's not that we have to have a prophet come out of nowhere and, and, and speak the word of the Lord, but it really is nice sometimes when you're making a big decision to get confirmation, isn't it? So we started making our plans. We told our closest people. Uh, we cried together. Uh, uh, but we, we discerned together that this is what the Lord was leading us into. And so it was good. And so we had a good last couple of years in Toronto. COVID happened which no one was really expecting. Um, some people really hated COVID. Anyone hate COVID? Yeah. I loved my time during the COVID season. Uh, um, I'm one of those maybe rare ones. Um, maybe as an introvert, I just delighted uh, in the time and the space. But it was a rich season. It was a growing season for our staff in Toronto. And so uh, it, was, it, was, it was glorious. And then we, and then we moved. We moved and we felt the Lord saying, don't take on any leadership roles immediately, just wait, just sit. And uh, I'm going to meet with you and I'm going to show you what to do. And uh, so I went back up to the Lake District and I climbed up a hill and I cried. And I said, I'm here and this is very difficult. It was not easy. It was really not easy. It took a long time to decompress, to let the Lord calm down all the fears inside of us, to get rid of the stress. Uh, and it, honestly, it was a real humbling experience. Uh, we moved down to Fording Bridge in Hampshire, which is a beautiful little place on the edge of the New Forest. We had some friends leading a church down in Bournemouth. And so we went and joined them. And we just had a, a glorious time together. Um, it was a time of refreshing. It was a time of healing. It was a time of resetting. And a time of the Lord just speaking back over us, this is what I've got for you in the future. And then in February time, Jonathan and Ruth came down. We were great friends of Jonathan and Ruth. We've spent uh, Christmas together. Uh, they were over in the States for many years, as you know, and we would see them there. And uh, they came down to visit us. And they asked a simple question. They said, so... You're down here. How do you feel about coming up to Bath and being with us and walking with us? And it really felt like the Lord. It felt clearly like the Lord. And the thing that, that struck our hearts most was we, we wanted to come back to the UK to serve the UK church. And so our eyes at this point were open of, Lord, what's the, what doors are going to open and when good friends come to you and say, hey, can we run this race together? That's a real special thing. And so we're really delighted to be coming and serving you guys and, and walking with you. Uh, and, and walking with the church here and the church in Bath. 
it's good to be here. All that to say, I wanted to give you a bit of context, but it's good to be here. Um, church, can you turn, if you've got your Bibles, to Exodus 33. We're going to be talking about the presence of God this morning and about being people of the presence. If you're in Exodus 33, you can turn to verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider that this nation is your people. God said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, don't lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all other people who are upon the face of the earth? Moses was a leader of the nation of Israel, the great prophet, and he spoke face to face with God, it says. And he knew one thing, that he needed to be in the presence of God. And that as they went forth as his covenant people to land themselves, settle themselves among the nations of the earth, that they needed to be distinguished and they were going to be distinguished by the presence of the Lord. Alice and I had a wonderful time in Toronto for many reasons, um, there were a few major characteristics that, that marked that church. There were signs like uh, healing, uh, joy in the Lord that looked like wild drunkenness. Um, there were crazy manifestations. There, there were signs. There was a revelation of the Father heart of God, knowing that he is our Father, not just in a formal way, but in a way that can be intimately known. And the other thing that really marked us was the emphasis on the presence of God, a type of prayer that kind of looks like the contemplative stream, the type of um, prayer where we spend time being with God, not just talking to Him, not talking, just talking with Him, but just being with Him. You know that they're good friends when they can be with you in silence. And there was a real emphasis of this wanting to just be in the presence of God. You might have heard of um, soaking from that, uh, from that move. Type of like soaking prayer or, or resting prayer is not a new thing. It's a very ancient tradition that goes all the way back through the centuries. Last week, I found beautiful and really interesting. How many of you loved being in God's presence last week? Yes, good. 30% of you, that's excellent. Many of us, being in that environment of God's presence, will have found it 
wonderful and comforting and deeply nourishing. Many of us will also have found it challenging and stirring and provoking. And if we're honest, some of us spend some time thinking, I wonder what is going on. And I wonder what the Lord is doing. And I wonder why the preacher isn't getting up to preach. We fit somewhere on, those, on that scale, and I know that we can wander from different responses from time to time. I loved last week because it was a beautiful demonstration that we are people that love the presence of God. We are those that make space for him, to be with him, to enjoy him, to love him, to adore him, to let him speak, and for us to respond to his call. And I want us to think about being a people of his presence this morning. I think it's really helpful for us to think about what it means, the presence of God. So indulge me, we're going to think about what it means uh, to be in the presence of God. If you go to different church streams this morning, if you went to the Catholic church or the Anglican church, if you went to a Lutheran church, if you went to an Ethan Eastern Orthodox Church, you will find slightly different understandings of what we might mean by the presence of God. But there is a general consensus that the Spirit of God is everywhere, omnipresent. We've all got a kind of an understanding of that, that God is everywhere. We also have an understanding that the presence of God is with us in prayer. As we dialogue with Him, that the Spirit of God is with us. We know that the Spirit of God, His presence, is with us when we're reading Scripture because it's His Word given to us. There's also a great mystery that the presence of God is there when we take the sacraments, when we're taking communion together, the presence of the Lord is there. And there, different denominations and different church streams will have some different ideas about how that presence is manifesting, you know, whether you're in the Roman Catholic tradition that believes in transubstantiation, where the wine becomes the actual blood of Christ and the bread becomes the actual body of Christ, or whether you take a more symbolic view. Either way, there's an understanding that the presence of God is there. And furthermore, for us that sit in a charismatic and evangelical stream, there is an understanding that the Holy Spirit sent on Pentecost is here with us to have an experiential relationship with today. Amen? Oh, good. I'm glad I've got consensus on that one. That would have been awkward, Jonathan and Ruth. If I might have, <laughs> might have had to reconsider if we were a different answer. And as we hunger after this presence of God, I'd love us to clarify exactly what we mean. The presence of God is not a force. Carisha liked that one. The presence of God is not a force, not like something out of Star Wars. There's some giggles, but sometimes we feel like the presence of God is like, wow, it's here. It's moving around like a force. We've got to be careful of that thinking. There's a theologian called John Lennox. He says this, There are dangers in a Star Wars mentality that conceives God as the force. For we are 
persons and therefore assume correctly that we are superior to forces. We harness and use forces. So if we conceive of God and his presence as a force, we might wrongly imagine that God is some power that we can harness and use rather than regarding him as our creator and Lord who is worthy of and due our allegiance and worship. It's for him to use us, not us to use him. The presence of God is not a feeling. The presence of God is not a feeling. We do use language like, oh, it's amazing to be in the presence of God. But we, we're saying that in a different way than we would say, oh, it feels amazing to get into the bath after a hard day's work. Or, oh, feels amazing swimming in the sea or oh feels amazing to be in this cozy blanket or topically for this week oh it's amazing to be in air conditioning the presence of god is not a feeling though you will feel it beings have a presence i have a presence And by the fact of me being in this room, holding this microphone and talking to you, you are feeling my presence. My presence is being seen and felt and heard. God's presence is him being there. God's presence is him being here. All the way through the Old Testament, the word for presence is the same. I need to get Will to give me the pronunciation of this. But it's the word that means the face of, or to be before, to be in front of. The presence of God. Isn't God just sitting on his heavenly throne and saying, wow, I love my kids. I'm going to send down some of that good stuff. That's not the presence of God. The presence of God is God coming and dwelling With us. Are we doing okay? Moses says in that passage in Exodus, I'm sorry, the Lord replies, he says, my presence will go with you. My face will go with you. Now, if you've been in church a while, you'll have heard the word Shekinah. It's like this Jewish uh, concept about the presence or the glory of God that comes and rests in a place with his people. And there are numerous places in the Bible where this Shekinah resting presence, this resting glory of God is found. Even in the passage that we just read together, God spoke to Moses out out of a pillar of cloud, confirming that his presence would go with him. That's the Shekinah of glory of God, the resting presence of God. And the heroes of the faith in in the Bible coveted the presence of God. David, the man after God's heart, coveted the presence of God and coveted a dwelling presence of God. He said in Psalm 132, I will not enter my house or go to my bed. I will not allow any sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids till I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling for the mighty one of Jacob. And it was his son Solomon that got to build the temple. Do you remember that story? 
And when Solomon built the temple and dedicated to the Lord, the Shekinah glory came. The resting, dwelling presence of God came. And yet now, church, where does the Lord choose to dwell? This is not a trick question. In us. In us. Where is the temple now? In us. We are the temple. We are the temple. It's us. The transition from the old covenant to the new covenant made the presence of God accessible. You remember the imagery of the curtain being torn in two when Jesus died on the cross. The holy of holies now made accessible. At Pentecost, the imagery comes of fire and wind. These are Old Testament images of the resting Shekinah presence of God. This is meant to make our minds think. When we read Pentecost, we're meant to think back, whoa, the fire of God coming. What does that mean? It means the Shekinah, glory of God, the resting presence of God is coming. And where is he coming? He's coming to dwell on his people. The 12 tribes of Israel are represented in the 12 apostles who were gathered in that upper room. And yet it's not just Levi. It's not the It's not just the tribe of Levi, the priestly tribe, who get to experience the presence of God. Now the Spirit is pulled out on some flesh. No, all flesh. Ephesians 2, 19 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, We don't have time to get into this. But yes, the manifest presence and glory of God does reveal itself in really interesting and maybe not always unexpected, but unpredictable ways. As we gather together, however it works, whether God dials up the intensity or whether we become more aware of his presence, he certainly comes in interesting ways among us. But my point is that we're not living in a covenant where the glorious presence of God is confined to the Ark of the Covenant or a temple in Jerusalem all limited to certain religious meetings, like our Sunday gatherings. The presence of God is not bottled up in this building. We're not trying to bottle up or capture the essence of the Holy Spirit in order that we might have mastered it or contained it or somehow feel like we've grasped it. It's him. The presence of God is him. His personhood being with us. Can I invite us 
however you want to just make yourself aware of his presence with you right now, whether you want to close your eyes, look to the ceiling, don't look at the naked people on the walls. But let's just settle ourselves down and remind ourselves he is here. Lord, you're here. You have chosen to dwell on the inside of us, to dwell in the midst of us. We're going to keep going for a little while longer, but I want you just to find an awareness of his presence here with us. And then open your eyes and try and stay in that place. I feel like the great question for us as individuals in a spiritual community together, as we're trying to follow Jesus, how do we awaken and how do we realize and how do we practice this glorious indwelling of the person of God? How do we do that daily? How do we do that hourly? I was really struck, um, Jenny, by your dream that you shared last week. In the dream, you said that the people were distracted from what God was doing. How do we position ourselves to become less distracted? We train ourselves to be with him. Yesterday I was in my parents' garden uh, looking at all their lovely plants and they've got a number of climbing plants with trellises going up the wall. Those trellises are there to give a framework on which life to flourish and grow. When the plant is weak, it can hang onto the trellis. There'll be seasons where there's lots of rain and sun and it'll go shooting up that thing. There'll be other seasons where it struggles to grow fast, but it will be held by that trellis. Our spirituality, our spiritual life is just the same. We have to have trellises, frameworks around which we can build. A framework around which we can practice the presence of God. And the good news, church, is that Sunday is not the pinnacle. The good news is that Sunday is not the pinnacle. Is this okay? Sundays are wonderful, but they're not our one chance to meet with God in the week. We're good at doing this temple gathering together. We're good at corporately coming together to celebrate our faith. But Sunday should be like the party at the end of the week, the overflow celebration of what he's done. What happens on Monday? What happens on Tuesday? What happens on Wednesday? What happens on Thursday? What rhythms, what practices do we have in place and do we need to put in place? What trellises do we need for our spiritual lives to grow? 
I'm excited to be a part of this spiritual community because I'm hungry for Jesus. And I'm hungry to grow. And even as we're here together, I can feel his good pleasure over us. That he is smiling over us. That he's smiling over you. There's an intense delight that our Heavenly Father feels towards us. And his heart is to grow us into the likeness of his son, Jesus. To experientially know him, to know his presence continually. Jonathan is going to start a series next week on the tent, the table, and the temple. And we're going to be exploring together how our spirituality takes formation. Not just in that place of temple where we get together, we give our adoration and our praise, but also around the table as we gather in homes, as we gather around coffees and teas, as we share our stories, as we pray for one another, as we bear with one another. And also in that place of the tent, in the personal, intimate places, in those daily rhythms as we're going with the Lord. I would love for us just to spend a bit of time as we close today, just focusing on his presence. Is that okay? I'm so happy to be with you all. I want to invite you, however you feel comfortable, let's just posture ourselves before him. There's a, prayer, there's a prayer app called Lectio 365, which I love, and they pray this every day. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. We're just going to take a couple of minutes and just wait with him. Just be with him to practice again that presence of God. I want to invite you just to open up your hands in front of you. And simply pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. 
one thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Lord, as you have called us to be your temple, I ask this week that you would empower us to practice your presence. Father, wherever we are on that journey, we ask that we would have the grace to lean in in a greater measure. Thank you that you draw near to those who draw close to you. Just as we wrap up, I um, I just had this sense from the Lord. Just for some who, when you feel, when you hear those prophetic words of the Lord is coming and He's doing a new thing, and there is a fresh outpouring coming, that it it sits awkwardly in your heart, and there's a wrestling of I've heard this many times. I felt the Lord wanting to bring a faith again, a freshness and a cleanness in our hearts. So Father, any place uh, in us where we've grown weary of not seeing the fullness that we long for and dream for and have sight of, would you come with your refreshing? Come and wash us. And the other thing I felt was for those of us who feel like I'm hungry and I'm passionate and my wheels are spinning, but I feel like I'm just, yeah, it's just wheels spinning in the mud and how do, how do I move forward? And I felt the Lord just saying, um, I'm coming with strategy. I'm coming with trellis for growth, for new life. And I feel that over this church and coming here, Alice and I are so excited being here because we feel the Lord saying, I love my church. I'm passionate about my church. And there is life in abundance for you. Life Church Bath, there is life in abundance for us. There is life in abundance for us. So Lord, teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. We love you, we love you. Amen. Amen.